0: Mike, one, Mike, one, isn't this a lot of fun? Let's do it. Did you, America,
1: with Ian Campfield? God bless the American dream, my friend.
0: welcome to did you america season two episode ah shoot i forgot to count i will say this uh before we started recording jeremy came to my apartment where we record this podcast today in a terrible mood about a variety of things it was like the scene where nigel Tufnell deals with miniature bread in spinal tap i had to i had to it's funny the spinal tap manager's name is ian right remember ian the manager of spinal tap has to say to nigel tufnell he's sorry he's been dealing with miniature bread <laughs> in the dressing room where the bread slices are so small he can't fit the filling in them without having to fold it and after giving him a pep talk he says like you've got a show to do i don't want this to perfect your affect your performance which is basically what i told you before we started started recording today's podcast episode
1: yeah a little bit of a mental breakdown no big deal yeah we've okay. all been there exactly i've had a lot of miniature bread this week <laughs> and i just want full size bread <laughs> i want it i want it now i don't want anyone to tell me that i can't have it i just want regular bread <laughs> um but um as uh ian the manager
0: uh, says to um Nigel Tuff, no, I don't want this to affect your performance, affect your performance, and, uh, you know, you said to me, you're a professional, you'll rise above it.
1: Yeah, I'm basically the greatest actor since Leo DiCaprio. Now, they would have never known.
0: I don't want this to then bring down the tone of the rest of today's episode, but I'm now going to give you this segment to express your issues and you think you've heard this already there are updates regarding your latest technology failures which actually this time isn't you failing at tech it's
1: tech failing around you i don't like that we're calling it my tech failures one bit because as we've discussed i am now a tech genius this is so far from my fault it is not fair
0: i will say this jeremy told me
1: that he still doesn't have internet. How many days has it been now? i I lost count. It was last... It was... Okay, Monday? So what? 11 days. 11 days without internet.
0: And uh, he's now been through two different internet providers who have both let him down in terms of... uh, first of all, getting his internet reactivated and then trying to install new internet. I do feel like you're having a bad run of luck when you're talking to an internet provider and they basically told you that in order for you to get internet at your house, they would have
1: to bring workmen to dig up the streets. Yeah, so... Here's what's going on. We're, me... in
0: 90, we're in the nine. We're in the nineties. Didn't America get cabled in the nineties? Like MTV arrived, and suddenly a load of people were seen digging up everyone's streets to put in actual physical cable, and then everyone had cable for a TV. That then became cable for the internet. I think you have to go some way on Zillow before you look up a profile <laughs> of an apartment that does not have cable
1: ready on its list of things that's what's so sad like you know i it's not like i have crazy amount of money but like i live in plano and a fairly good part of plano you would think i'd be able to get internet there but if you google my area there are literally two companies that even provide the service to my area and they are in a constant battle to see who can fuck me over more is that's what's been going on this week is just constant fuckery
0: that the idea that one of them said that they'd basically have to come and dig up your street to give you internet i don't know do they listen to this podcast and think they can just give you any old bullshit like you would actually believe that you can only have internet on your street if they send around some workmen with some jcbs and start digging like have they sent
1: you a shovel so you can get a head start okay (laughs) someone literally the person first of all I'm not even going to go into the full story because I've explained it to customer service at nauseum. I have been hung up on by seven different customer service reps for this company because they can't handle a little bit of criticism about how terrible they are at their job.
0: And they're saying, Mr. Hoffman, I'm trying to give you the address of your local Home Depot so you can go get some implements to start
1: digging up a pathway. One of them literally told me he was like, okay, um, we're going to have to get a permit for the city to dig up your street. <laughs> and and then he goes, you can call your diggers union, whatever that is, and then you can ask them to do it faster. I was like, you're telling... He was literally telling me to do his job for him. Why am I making the calls to dig up the street when it's their service who needs to dig up the street?
0: D- did you say to them, I'm trying to get internet i'm not trying to put up a whole new apartment building in plano
1: literally i you would think that internet is the most difficult thing to install not that every single person in america has access to it I, i don't even know what to do anymore i'm at the point where they're now telling me because i have to wait for all these services I will not have internet until next week. So now I had to call back the service that I canceled last week and have them reinstall new services. I basically have the two companies racing to see who can give me internet first. Wow. Wow. See, this is so unfair. I, you got me so—you got me so calm in the pre, in the in the podcast before the podcast. I literally just told you I was calm, I'd be fine, and now you got me so riled up again.
0: It's all right, lesbian diehards coming. <laughs> I do think. Um, I mean, is it tech karma? Is this all... Because you have told this story on the podcast before about the time that uh, you once had such a big showdown in an Apple store, you got banned from the Apple store. The influence of Apple as a tech company is very, very far-reaching. Does your name just set off an alarm with all tech companies whereby there's some sort of, uh, um, you know, your name comes up in red letters, there's some kind of alarm and and a directive that says fuck him over yes. and then and then click here for more details and then the, the internet provider clicks this this little letter little bit for, for more details and it comes up knows absolutely nothing about tech is the world's worst millennial tell him <laughs> tell him we have to dig up the streets and need workman permits to get internet he'll believe this is true
1: the only thing left i have to believe is that this is the ghost of steve jobs himself screwing me over i think You know, I've made a few jokes on this podcast calling myself a tech genius. I was excited. I got a new phone. I got it to work. I got to watch Mavs game streaming. I'd done things on the computer I had never done before. And this is clearly karma from the technology gods punishing me for what i have for taking their name in vain it does
0: seem like uh, you are being uh, crushed at every technological uh corner that you turn because you being came crushed at every corner period <laughs> this,
1: this is like this is the best thing i have going for me in my life right now and like we're literally doing this as a hobby <laughs> to like 20 people <laughs> like
0: Jeremy uh, came to the apartment where we recalled the podcast, uh, opens his laptop and goes, oh, Now I can't even get onto your internet. Now, the fact that your laptop was malfunctioning with my internet is a completely separate problem to the fact that your internet provider at home has told you they've got to dig up the street to give you internet. It does seem like everywhere you turn, tech is just kicking your ass.
1: My computer's so used to not having internet this week that the moment it tried to connect to internet, it was like, what is this? I figured I was just a typewriter now. (laughs)
0: It's, it. it's, it's 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 the lack of porn that that computer's had <laughs> in the last week has confused it. It doesn't know it's like we're not going to X-Hamster, we haven't been to X Hamster for a week, and now you're trying to fire me up on internet and you're not going to X-Hamster now. What's going on? I was gonna
1: say that someone check the Pornhub servers. They're probably exploding without <laughs> this amount of usage.
0: Perhaps your uh, your computer has become like uh, one of those people that does all of the drink and drugs. Uh, but for some reason, it doesn't kill them. Uh, you hear about these, these people who are obviously like anomalies. They they should have died from their intake of, uh, of drink and drugs... But it doesn't kill them and it gets to the point where they're sort of old and that's what's keeping them going. You know, (laughs) people like Keith Richards and Lemmy, where they get, when they weren't dead at, I don't know, 50, the doctor said, actually, you should keep doing coke and smoking because that's what's keeping your motor running and uh, keeping your internal organs going around. Your computer is the computing equivalent of that.
1: Normally, all of the porn would bring loads of viruses, but if your computer's had a week off of all the porn related viruses, viruses can't work screw comparing my computer to those old druggy rock stars i think what you're telling me is that i should become an old druggy rock star that's the only way to solve my problems is to tony montana my face into a pile of cocaine (laughs) (laughs) all right well
0: let's um let's talk about uh, texas and how it was potentially not the don't mess with state in the last week we covered on the, the previous episode of the podcast all the details of the rolling power outages and the, uh, the almost week-long Arctic conditions, which meant that a lot of people didn't have any power and, in some cases, no water in Texas for days. So now the water and the power is back on. The weather is more back to normal. In typical Texas fashion, literally one week after the overnight low was minus five, the daytime high a week later was 82 degrees. Love it. And so it's so ridiculous that I've been doing some work at a news station this week and a week after that minus five low, It got so warm in Texas that the air conditioning on the news radio station floor went out and we literally had fans in the studio to (laughs) to keep us cool. It's just ridiculous. So anyway, now things are back to normal and um, all of the residents of Texas are quite, uh, quite correctly saying what on earth happened. People need to take the blame. People need to step down and various politicians are getting involved. Um, ERCOT which is the uh, the company that provided the power and, and screwed up everything they're now saying Texas was at the time they started doing all of the rolling power outages four minutes and 37 seconds away from a total blackout that could have lasted months and my question is is this ERCOT's only defense we've had all of the stories about people living in third world conditions we know that texas couldn't cope with the freezing temperatures and it was a pretty awful five or six days for many many residents is this ERCOT's way of going oh stop fucking complaining you could have been in the darkness for months if it wasn't for us <laughs> we because when they say four, and also they don't just say it was they were texas was five minutes from a blackout four minutes and 37 seconds to me makes me think of c in macgyver where he's got to disarm the bomb like it's counting down and he's got to choose whether he snips the red wire or the blue wire and of course he only makes the right decision as
1: to which wire to snip literally one second before the entire area would have exploded i i don't i want to know like how did they even come up with that number like what does that even mean at first they said it was seconds away Then they said it was minutes away. Then they said it was seconds and or minutes away from blowing up and then finally they gave us this exact time of four minutes and 37 seconds. What happened in that four minutes and 37 seconds to solve the issue? Is that when all of a sudden we got power and why didn't they give us power before the four minutes and 37 seconds? And with 17 seconds to go at four minutes and 20 seconds, did they light up a doobie? (laughs) you've been thinking it through yes i want to know that like what is i don't understand what it means it was four minutes and 37 seconds away like is there a timer on the power grid like how how did they figure out that time is that supposed to make us feel better i
0: I think they have just made it up i mean coming from a company who when we had a bit of snow in texas they initially said we're gonna have to do some rolling power outages so you may notice that your power goes out for between 15 and 45 minutes at a time. Well, that was never the case. At best, it was out for about six or seven hours, then it might have come on for about 60 minutes. So based on that, I don't trust their timekeeping to be as accurate as four minutes and 37 seconds. I literally think they're trying to throw it back at Texans and basically going, stop complaining. You could have been in darkness for months and to make it seem more dramatic, they've given that specific time. Some, You know that bloke who uh, who was running ERCOT who I said needed to put a fucking suit on because right. he was making all these excuses while still dressed like he was a member of Slipknot you not know, in a boiler <laughs> outfit? Actually cosmic powers and I don't know if it, I'm a, I don't because some people from ERCOT have now resigned I don't know if he's resigned or not after we said after we said that on the on the, the previous episode of the podcast I did see him on the news that evening actually dressed in a suit
1: so you know hey so there is a listener
0: <laughs> yeah because the guy who runs ERCOT is definitely gonna keep listening to the podcast after of all time. of the
1: support <laughs> oh, well that's true he, <laughs> he probably now does have a lot of time on his hands I just think ERCOT was like because as I talked about on Monday, no one knew what ERCOT was before. this. No. I'm starting to think that ERCOT isn't a real company, and instead it was implemented in Texas by the government to bring us all together. Now we all have something we all hate. It's not one side or the other. Every single person in Texas right now is saying "fuck ERCOT." Yeah,
0: that is definitely a good, uh, a good positive spin on it. But I, I do think it might have been his idea where he said. Tell them four minutes and 37 seconds. Make sure you get the seconds in. Makes it sound even more vulnerable. Makes it sound like we were even more in control of the situation. I want this to make people think that it was as close and as gripping with tension as every penultimate scene of MacGyver before they have the funny scene at the end. Instead, they magrubered it and (laughs) everything just exploded. Right. So... Now, you know, I'm the biggest fan of the great state of Texas. Um, I I, I did want to run this past you, you being a a born and bred Texan. If ERCOT hadn't, as they're claiming now, come to the rescue within four minutes and 37 seconds, if Texas actually did suffer a total blackout that lasted months, which is what they're saying could have happened, once texas got over the blackout having had no power for months would
1: that have in any way eroded the don't mess with texas spirit not one bit there would not one bit it, anytime there's a nat, nat, natural disaster that happens in texas is the time you see texans come together and kick the ass of the rest of the country right this is just going to be another one of the situation you'd see candles up it, they would tell us it last a month we'd have it back in two weeks no problem <laughs> and uh brace yourself i'm about to say something controversial Uh-oh. uh just to wrap
0: up the texas thing john oliver fuck you <laughs> i um have i mentioned on this podcast that i've gone to youtube tv now yes. and it's and it's the best thing ever and
1: and oh. i did well you didn't say that
0: well it might but well no it's it's got potential to be the best thing ever it's costing me a lot less money than at&t did it doesn't give me quite as much but if you factor in how how much less it gives me but also how much less it costs it's kind of like a a winning scenario but i've got less channels than i had when i had all of the all of the cable channels anyway um uh youtube tv you, you can get the hbos and and showtimes of the world but you have to pay extra for them which i'm not doing at the moment so i wasn't um, able to maintain uh topping up my dvr with my weekly marxist programming from last week tonight by john yeah, oliver Right. because i used to i used to make sure that that was on my tv to you know see how the other side of thinking um, when i had uh, is it on hbo or showtime yeah, HBO, hbo right anyway so um But someone pointed out to me that uh, John Oliver, of course, being a socialist, he puts the program up on YouTube afterwards because he wants everyone to share in it. And uh, of course, he did do a big bit on um, Texas on the most recent episode of uh, last week tonight. And yeah, I mean, he had uh, some reasonable takes on uh, Ted Cruz. Screwing things up because you know, even though I'm broadly speaking quite a fan of Ted Cruz, as we said on the previous episode, he shouldn't have gone to Cancun, he should have stayed here with a shovel, getting some photo opportunities out of the snow situation. Mexico Teddy, but um, John Oliver did this kind of thing to rally against the entire attitude of texas which of course he absolutely hates and there were two things that really got to me one was his you know texas and their every man for himself attitude john oliver i think you'll find that's more about ambition and drive and getting things done rather than every man for himself absolutely it's called working hard you wouldn't know about that that's why you have a show that finishes around october and doesn't come back till fucking February. (laughs) Even though you've moved to New York, you're still acting like a work-shy Brit. And don't give me that response that you give to all of the late-night Marxist TV show hosts who have you on as a guest every time you can possibly show up there. Oh, no, but even when we're not on, we're working every week. (laughs) And secondly, secondly, and I don't know who posted this, but he pulled something off of uh, someone in Texas, uh, something off of their social media, where... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> They'd basically said, "Okay, even though we screwed up this week, we still want to have uh, our own power that's off of uh, the rest of America's grid, and you know, we still want to be Texas and as, in- as independent as possible." Apparently, uh, someone posted along with that kind of uh, those kind of feelings uh, the quote, "Live for nothing or die for something," which is a quote from Rambo, right? <laughs> so at the point at which John Oliver brings Rambo into it suddenly I'm thinking okay maybe you're going to get me back now because you put Rambo into the situation you're now in my wheelhouse at which point John Oliver goes and that can fuck off because not only is it a quote from Rambo it's a quote from Rambo 4 which was the worst Rambo movie ever up until the most recent one you shit for a start (laughs) Rambo 4 the one that came out in 2008 is the best rambo (laughs) that is the rambo where sylvester stallone literally punches someone's head off like he's holding a blade in his hand and he goes in to punch the guy in the face but the blade in rambo's hand gets the guy on the neck so he literally slices someone's head off when he punches him you can't get you don't get better than that secondly secondly when rambo had to save some stupid pacifists who were trying to make the world a better place by sorting out some bullshit that was going on in burma and he'd already told them that if they were going to go into the war zone to try and make things better they wouldn't achieve anything if they weren't taking guns right but they didn't listen they didn't listen when he had to go back and rescue those people and take someone with him who wasn't, you know, trained to Rambo standards and basically said, you know, you might have to do some bad stuff when we get down the river into Burma. Rambo tells this new accomplice of his, and this was like one of the taglines of
1: Rambo 4, why are you laughing? What does this have to do with Texas? <laughs> we, we completely derailed. <laughs> John Oliver made kidding. this to do
0: with Texas. <laughs> John Oliver made this to do with Texas. And secondly, when he was taking his accomplice down the river and was telling the accomplice, you know, we might have to do some bad stuff when we get to Burma because we've got to release these people that are being held hostage, right? And they're probably, they're probably going to die soon. Uh, Rambo says to the accomplice, and this was the tagline for the Rambo 4 movie, <clears throat> when pushed, killing is as easy as breathing. Fucking great. (laughs) Rambo 4. And then the latest Rambo, not as great as Rambo 4, but the second best Rambo. Because it was basically like a Taken movie because Sylvester Stallone was too old to do like old school Rambo moves.
1: I'm fully convinced. ERCOT's a great company (laughs) there was no energy crisis it was fun not having electricity it was like a nice camping adventure so anyway my point being no John Oliver you got it wrong and just when you could have brought me
0: back on side by bringing Rambo into it you you went even further by criticizing the two best Rambo movies live for nothing or die for something everybody by the way Rambo 6th is it I mean he's only about 74 let's make it happen
1: we've spoken a lot of other things into existence since we might as well make one more Rambo happen. Um, also, one other thing. To now bringing it back full circle. Now on uh, to, to, to Texas. I ran
0: into uh, Jeremy in uh, a parking lot yesterday, and without me even realizing what I was wearing,
1: <laughs> Jeremy <Okay. laughs> Jeremy
0: comes up to me and goes. It's a strong Ted Cruz look that you're rocking there. You are a Cruz vibing for sure. I was wearing Don't Mess With Texas face masks way before Ted Cruz decided to get one for a photo opportunity to come back to
1: the airport in DFW after he'd been in Cancun. Yeah, but he made it cool now. Oh, really? Well, no, but <laughs> Ted Cruz making anything cool just does not exist. My
0: Don't Mess With Texas uh, face mask was a Christmas present from one of my friends because i was at their house prior to christmas and i was doing one of my oh my god it's so great to be in texas stories and this latest story was texas is so great because it's the only place you'd see something like going into bed bath and beyond where one of the ladies working on the checkout is wearing a
1: don't mess with texas mask (laughs) there's nothing more intimidating than that you know like you don't want to mess with them and it's letting them know like hey stay safe out there so, anyway, I think it's an Ian Canfield look that Ted Cruz. He stole it.
0: Appra- He appropriated it for his. Uh, to get some attention on the face mask and off of the fact that um, he had been in Cancun for a few days when he should have been shoveling snow here.
1: Maybe he showed our podcast to some of the Cancun locals, you know, spread the word. I bet
0: Ted Cruz loves Rambo 4. Anyway. Um, let's do an update on Song of the Week and then we'll move on to some other stuff because Ray Donovan's coming back. Um, I've got some OnlyFans stuff to talk to you about. And um, also, oh, have you heard that uh, Springsteen and Obama are coming for us? Uh, This week's Song of the Week is as follows. Uh, New York producer has gone with Bedhead by Manchester Orchestra. Jeremy has chosen... Oh. Oh, doesn't remember. Yeah. So I'll do this bit instead. Back to Earth by C.G. Lewis. That was
1: S.G. Lewis. You got it.
0: S.G. Why do I keep saying C.G.? Am I becoming dyslexic? I did this on the previous... Yeah. In front of me, I can see it says S.G., but it's I'm saying it as C.G. B.G.'s Lewis. No, the previous one you chose was someone who had a BG name, not this one. Right, well, I don't remember. This is getting very dances. confusing. I'll just take over this bit because you don't have internet and you believe that they need to dig up your street in order for you to get internet. It's not coming anytime soon. No, never. Um, New York producer has gone with Bedhead by Manchester Orchestra. Jeremy has gone with Back to Earth by S.G. Lewis. Got it. And I've chosen Born for One Thing by Gojira. Um, you, can, you. you can vote for um, Song of the Week if you go to Ameri- uh, didyouamerica.com slash song. Uh, we also have a poll on my Twitter. I'm at Ian Camfield there. So at Ian Camfield on Twitter, if you want to vote uh, on the poll there or go to didyouamerica.com slash song. Born for One Thing by Gojira, my choice. Jeremy going for Back to Earth by S.G. Lewis, a New York producer going for Bedhead by Manchester Orchestra. And uh, if you do vote for Song of the Week via the website, uh, you can also send us a message there if you would like to uh, interact with the podcast. By all means, uh, send a message letting us know that it is ex- absolutely correct that uh, Rambo 4 and 5 are the first and second best Rambo. All right, let's do part two of Did You America? He's Jeremy. I'm Ian Camfield. This is season two, episode... I didn't count. Cargo pants are back in style. This is a uh, story that caught uh, Jeremy's attention. I once tried to wear some cargo pants many, many years ago to go to a party of a famous person. I'll tell you about that in a second because it's going to be a name. Can you imagine I'm going to do a name drop? That's not like me. Um... And I am uh, unsure as to whether I was trying to wear the pants at a time when they were really, really out of style, or whether they were still in. So I, I, I mean, I've got no fashion sense.
1: I don't know. What are your thoughts on this? So back in the day, I definitely was a cargo shorts wearer. Right, that's what I was gonna I wear. I never did the pants, right. but then I stopped that once Jonah Hill told me, in, uh, I believe it was super bad that no one's gotten a hand job in cargo shorts since NOM. So once I knew I wasn't gonna be getting any handies. I switched to basketball shorts. Right.
0: Is that the did he become the authority on the uh, cargo shorts that made them really, really unfashionable? Because I don't know the I mean
1: people wore them loads and then suddenly they became the height of unfashionable. I, I think he just experienced never getting a hand job for all the years that he was definitely wearing cargo shorts. The thing about cargo shorts Is he, is, he the one that lost a load of weight? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Now again, I don't want to be sound like I sounding like I was fat shaming fat and, thi- and, and, and and this might be brace yourselves i'm about to say something controversial could it be that he wasn't getting hand jobs because he was fat and therefore not particularly attractive and then he dropped a load of weight and then he became more attractive which meant he got hand jobs and bringing
1: cargo shorts into it was actually very unfair i don't know man i've always been kind of heavy and ever since i stopped wearing cargo shorts i've gotten significantly more hand jobs (laughs) (laughs)
0: are they practical i mean they look quite comfortable and they're the ones with all the pockets so if you're gonna go do some stuff i mean i don't like that like i feel like they unfairly became fashionable and as a result they then had to become unfashionable but really they should never have been in or out of fashion they should have just been a practical thing for certain people to wear like
1: people who go out and do work jobs right see i would have thought that they kind of came back in style more like as a joke thing, kinda like Crocs. You know, Crocs, a few celebrities got behind it and kinda had a resurgence, but everyone kinda wears them as a joke. But with cargo pants, I mean, there's nothing worse than pocket overload. You know, when you have a a tight-fitting pair of jeans on, you gotta fit more than just the standard phone wallet keys in there, things get a little difficult. So that's where, I mean, if cargo pants are making a comeback, I'm all for it. The thing why I would always wear the cargo shorts didn't really have anything to do with the comfort or, you know, the amount of pockets. I think with a lot of kids who wear cargo shorts, it's like me and Jonah Hill, it's because they're fat. No kid wants to jam themselves into jeans. For some reason, fat kids only wear shorts. It could have been if if I was living as a 13-year-old through the blackout, I would have been in shorts and a t-shirt the entire time. <laughs> Weather be damned. I wasn't getting into jeans, so the cargo shorts kind of made sense. But now for stepping things up to cargo pants, I think I can get behind that movement.
0: The cargo pants are supposed to be back in fashion because uh, people in the hip-hop world are wearing them. But I also wonder if uh, cargo pants or cargo shorts, they're giving you the extra comfort. So like you say, if you're on the larger side, it's more comfortable than wearing jeans and such like. I'm wondering if the resurgence of everything cargo is actually about people having been in lockdown for such long periods of time where they're just at home wearing sweatpants. I'm wearing sweatpants now, it's all I ever wear indoors because they're the most comfortable thing. But if your job is now happening from your kitchen table or your sofa and you don't have to put on any other clothes, so you've just been in sweatpants for the best part of almost a year now, and now the vaccine's happening and people are going out a little bit more and they're thinking oh my god i'm putting on clothes that don't naturally stretch with my waistline this is horrific 12 months on what am i gonna do i think i might actually i can't just go out in just sweatpants the whole time what about cargo pants
1: yeah i i mean i wouldn't say i'm a fashionista in any sense but i mean you can't you can't deny the accessibility of the cargo pant but just to go off of uh, you know me being really out of the times, I guess, we talked about it a little bit uh, over the weekend. I went out and I was at a bar where there were a bunch of young people, and apparently Canadian tuxedos are like super popular with Gen Z the right denim. now. I saw like eight different guys wearing denim jackets with denim jeans and pulling it off beautifully might i add it was quite the shock
0: i uh i sometimes do that combination but i think that i i'm allowed to do it because if i'm wearing denim jeans my denim jacket is a motorhead jacket right so it's black denim jacket with yeah. motorhead you on the back do,
1: you can't do the blue on blue right
0: down. no 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 but the blue on black with some added motorhead i mean that's a whole fashion statement
1: in itself right oh absolutely i mean look i uh I'm definitely no not one to talk. I'd I'd compare I'd describe my style as either like homeless chic or hipster grandma <laughs> depending on the day. So like I definitely can't tell someone they look ugly. But who's that comedian that's got that whole stand up thing
0: about the fact that she, she thought that she was going out bullying loads of hipsters, but in actual fact a lot of them turned out to be homeless. I can't remember. A, I forget. I, it's a great bit. I forget who that is, but it was a. Uh, I feel like I was watching a Netflix special. This is like within the last cu- couple of years. Um, and she's got a whole segment that might as well be called Homeless or Hipster. And she basically <laughs> like, like, you know, finds guys in bars who are hot and thinks that, you know, she's managing to pull someone who's the height of like now, hipsterish, gets them home, has sex with them. And then like the kind of the pillow talk afterwards and basically her overall punchline to the bit is, Oh my God, I pulled another homeless guy. (laughs) So sometimes it's difficult to tell. No, I
1: get that. That's definitely my avenue. I need people to look at me and say, Ooh, he's dirty. I like that. (laughs) So...
0: To your point that wearing cargo pants or cargo cargo shorts is the more comfortable alternative if you're uh, a heavier person or feeling a little heavy. I think maybe uh, this may be why I was intending to wear uh, some cargo shorts to a party one time. And I don't know whether, again, I was at the tail end of them being uh, trendy or whether I was into the period of them being completely untrendy. Because this probably would have been about... um, 2011, 2012, I want to say. And I was at my friend's house in uh, Los Angeles. Here comes the name drop. And we were going to a party at the home of David Borianis, you know, the guy from Buffy and the, uh, uh,
1: what else is he in? He's Angel. Do you know that show? Excuse me. Bloop for the name drop. But no, I don't know what else he's in. You, do you know who I mean? Bones. Bones. Yeah. Is it Bones? I feel like he's in like a cop show now too. Is he? I should probably like
0: it. I should look that up.
1: I'm on it
0: he's had a very good career for someone who's perhaps not the world's best actor said yeah, i yeah. showing showing a complete lack of gratitude for being invited to his house in the hills
1: he plays yeah he's on that show seal team oh yeah you would like that
0: oh i should look into yeah. that um anyway uh, so i was gonna because it was gonna be like a pool party and everything and it's, and it's hot and it's in uh you know it's in hollywood and so I pull out these uh, uh, cargo shorts. I didn't even get as far as like putting them on. My fr- I'm staying at my friend's apartment in LA. I'm visiting. You were just determined to not get a hand job that day. <laughs> and she said to me, "If you wear those cargo shorts, David Boreanaz is no way going to give you a hand job around <laughs> the back of the pool house." Jokes on her. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, "No way, are you getting any sexual favors from from Angel?" <laughs> (laughs) if you wear those so either put on some proper shorts or a proper pair of pants i was going to ask the question if trying to wear cargo shorts to a house party held by david boreanaz circa 2011 or 2012 made me just at the end of them being fashionable or me being completely unfashionable but i feel like we've taken it to a whole new
1: place now right now we just need to figure out if you were indeed jerked off by david boreanaz (laughs) no that absolutely didn't happen um let's not start a
0: me too campaign against him (laughs) you know you've got to be very careful about joking about these kind of things nowadays because it's only going to take some asshole going oh my god did you hear
1: I'm sorry, Mr. Borianis.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, there, as far as I know, there are no grounds for David Boreanis to be Marilyn Manson. No. Um, he had a very nice house and was uh, and was very nice for the you know five minutes that I spent uh, meeting him. Good food, good food. It was. Uh, oh, come on, it was a Hollywood party. No one was eating. Good cocaine, good cocaine. <laughs> no, I didn't mean that. <laughs> I mean that, that's what I did. Did notice they they kind of lay on a spread of I mean just great food and drink because it's a Hollywood right. event and it was at his house but it was completely catered but i do remember there were two things i was thinking one was i think i could have come here in cargo pants and still got a hand job and the, <laughs> and, the and, and, and the other thing that was running through my mind while i was at the party was i'm looking at you know he's hired in a catering company so there's all this staff running around with bottles of champagne and all of this great uh, buffet food available. These are all Hollywood people. No one's eating or drinking. Everyone is standing there with no food whatsoever, apart from maybe a slice of cucumber, having a conversation about what they did at CrossFit that morning. No one's. <laughs> no one is imbibing alcohol or eating food. That's my type of party. More food for me. <laughs> you know. Um, so, yeah, uh, that happened. Now, on, on other um, showbiz uh, news, uh Charlie's theron wants to do a lesbian version of Die Hard. what i feel like we
1: we have something to do with that
0: well we have been talking a lot about the equalizer uh the reboot version with queen latifah which i've got to say you mean the, the lesbian equalizer no i've t- i keep telling you she's not a lesbian what is she a lesbian in uh, set it off. Which I'm still yet to see. She is not a lesbian in The Equalizer. Uh. She has got a kid and an ex-husband. She does have a lady who lives in the house. Ha- I've done this joke before. You're making me do it again. She does have a lady in The Equalizer who lives in the same house as her, who is meant to be her aunt. I would question that they look way too close in age for the for the other lady to be able to be Queen Latifah's aunt. So there might be a story arc coming where actually they're lesbian lovers and the aunt's story was just a cover, but I don't think so.
1: Just wait till season two when she's no longer the aunt and she's, you know, Queen Latifah's special friend.
0: No, I'm telling you. But I will say this. I have uh, loved The Equalizer since it debuted after the Super Bowl a few weeks ago. Uh, 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 episode three happened last sunday i mean it just keeps getting better and when I say it just keeps getting better, I mean it just keeps being exactly the same, which is which is how I like my shows, right. because the whole point of this was that it was meant to be a reboot of an 80s action show, and the greatest thing about all 80s TV shows that had action in them was that they were the same every week. I guarantee that if you and I were to watch The Equalizer together in real time, we'd watch the first segment, it would go to the ad break, and I'd be able to tell you exactly what was about to happen in the second segment, and somehow that
1: makes it more enjoyable for me. <laughs> I was gonna say that's you know what every show wants predictability it's what
0: i want <laughs> well too much of this needing to know what happened in season one episode three if you're gonna follow season three episode seven i like the fact that it's the same every week and i didn't mean to go off on an equalizer tangent, but, I, <laughs> but i'll say i'll say one more thing one more thing about the latest episode of the equalizer so she, her the the, the the plot in it is that she's this ex-government person who's now working for herself who's basically Um, helping people who aren't being helped by the official authorities, right? Right. But as a result, even though she's, you know, catching bad guys and saving innocent people, she's getting a reputation by being this unknown vigilante within the, the, the police force in New York. So even though she's doing good, there's a cop in the equalizer, who's actually after Queen Latifah's character because he's saying, okay, you're doing good stuff, but you're also technically a vigilante and we can't allow that. So there's a little cat and mouse game
1: going on. Are you sure you're not watching Batman? No, it's definitely okay. not Batman. Okay, just I have it's to not check. it's not Batman. Look, well, you thought Borat 2 was Borat 1. I have to check these things.
0: <laughs> it's not Batman. You know where I know it's not Batman? Because Batman is science fiction and unrealistic. The equalizer's fucking realistic. Oh, okay. Every week. <laughs> every week, let me tell you. Anyway, the what, what I was gonna say is so there's this kind of like cat and mouse game going on between her and this guy who's a who's an actual policeman. And there was a scene in it in episode three where Queen Latifah arrives in the distance, just a a way away from the policeman who's tracking her, right? Yeah. And she just appears enough for long enough to let him know that she's on the scene, but she appears on the back of a motorcycle, all dressed in black, and she only lifts the visor of her helmet up for like two seconds for long enough to allow the police officer to see her eyes so he knows she's been there. Then she puts the visor down and then she just disappears all in black on the back of the bike. Oh. It was so
1: fucking Street hawk.
0: It was so Street hawk.
1: Oh my God. I feel like I've seen that 300 times before. I was like, Queen Latifah, I know you didn't
0: make reference to it, but you did that for me. You were like, give him some Street Hulk. Right. Give some, make me look like Street hawk in this scene.
1: At this point, uh, lesbian equalizer is solely no, for you. No, it's lesbian
0: equalizer. Anyway... So yes, but she was a lesbian and set it off, according yes. to you, which is where she goes. She's a she does a bank job, right? Yes, and I have not seen that. It's on my list of things to do. But I do think because we seem to have cosmic powers, where we talk about stuff on the Did You America podcast, and then it happens. We've referenced lesbian bank robber so often in connection to set it off have we cosmically made the uh Charlize theron lesbian remake of Die
1: Hard? have we talked it into reality i mean either that or Charlize is listened to this podcast in which case break us off some girl
0: <laughs> did you see her in atomic blonde yes she was kind of le- wasn't she lesbian in that <laughs> was she lesbian in that
1: she might have been a little lesbian, she, lesbian tendencies. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: She liked to keep her options open. Right. That's, she was very, uh, she was very woke in <laughs> in, in, in her
1: thinking in, in in that
0: regard. I feel like Atomic Blonde because I love that movie. I went to the theater to see that. That was kind of like, um, that was almost like her audition. She was great in that role. If she could do that role, she could do Die Hard. I think.
1: I mean, say that to Bruce Willis. Can he do Atomic Atomic Bald? <laughs> well, this <They> is trade off. <laughs> if that movie happens we officially have cosmic powers and every episode we're mentioning something about us winning the lottery
0: i don't see that you know every so often those ncis shows have a crossover it's not beyond the realms of possibility that atomic blonde becomes atomic bald and he becomes that character and she and Charlie theron becomes uh john mcclain joanna mcclain <laughs> as, yeah. as, as, as it's gonna be in die hard um i will say this and uh, brace yourself i'm about to say something Something controversial Again. now i'm not challenging the woke brigade as if i do that this is just a theory i'm throwing out there right and i get okay you you're gonna say well why can't a woman play the diehard role right and i'm just and i'm not saying this is right or wrong this is i'm just throwing it out there are you being too woke in so much as rather than making it a female lead You've instantly gone to lesbian. Because wouldn't it be better if we were gonna have equality and wokeness that it was just a wife that was saving her husband? from the high-rise building or the airport or or, or whatever why does it have to be a lesbian are you suggesting it has to be a lesbian because only a lesbian could be so tough to do that is that is that what you're saying
1: yeah you can't jump off of buildings when you're not a lesbian everyone knows that is that what you're saying (laughs) i i think we should come after charlie's listen here charlie's not every lesbian has to be butch
0: (laughs) well i think i'm kind of all right with the idea except that i did think you know me being a fan of um old actors making movies reprising roles that on paper they're way too old to do i did hope that bruce willis had one more die hard in him and that it was going to be
1: set again at christmas instead he had one more die hard commercial left in him (laughs) you know he did a battery commercial i was like that's enough leave me alone
0: i think i can do it for 30 (laughs) seconds rather than two hours (laughs) yeah maybe if anyone says that she's cutting up because again if you want to get super woke about it you could go well I think this is being ageist. You're okay, fine, you're going to let a woman play the role, but what about the old guy? He can't play the role and then she can go, look, he did a he could a commercial. Like that's as much right. more <laughs> that's a, that's as much more John McClane as he's got in him. It's time for Joanna McClane now. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. 2021. All right. Well, I I just be because of my love of Christmas. I'm fine whether you want to do lesbian, whether you want to... I still think that there is a point to be made about the fact that it could be wife saves husband if you want to do it for equality. And I'm fine with all of that. And I think that uh, Charlize Theron doing it would be great because you could take, as I said, Atomic Blonde as her audition. But... It needs to be said at Christmas, and if it doesn't have a happy ending with Let It Snow playing at the end, then I'm going to be disappointed.
1: If they make it a Hanukkah-themed movie with dreidel, dreidel, dreidel at the end, we are cancelling Charlie's. <laughs> uh, Ray Donovan's also coming
0: back uh, to Showtime while we're doing some uh, roundup of, uh, of entertainment news.
1: I can't, do you are you seeing any Ray Donovan? You follow Ray Donovan? Yeah, so I watched the first season and kind of fell off, but I always really liked it. It wasn't one of those shows that I like gave up on because I didn't like. It was more one of those that just like there's so much TV that I couldn't keep up. I uh,
0: it, it was really good. It's very gripping. I will say that I always found Ray Donovan a little bit stressful to watch. This is a show where you don't know what's going to happen and, and and no one in it is really having a good time. Everyone's life in Ray Donovan is just super taut and really
1: kind of stressful the entire time so every week you're like what are all these cliffhangers let's get to the same as last week
0: yeah well that's why the equalizer is my comfort zone because i know what's gonna happen <laughs> right and i will say this at no point uh, during the i think there's been seven seasons of ray donovan so far at no point did uh, leave shriver ever put in a Street Hawk reference and Ray Donovan is, the, is, is the, <laughs> the weaker show because of that if you ask me but I do like Ray Donovan um, it, uh, but it, it, it's very stressful to watch I think it became more stressful when they moved it to New York because for the first five seasons it was set in Los Angeles so you always had big houses and sunshine and kind of nice vistas to offset it Right. then suddenly we're in New York and it's just gritty and everything's downtown and in loft apartments and stuff like that and you know it gets more stressful when you're hanging someone to make it look like they hanged themselves when in actual fact you've you know you've murdered them and the <laughs> back and the backdrop is some kind of like downtown loft rather than the hollywood hill sign in the background <laughs> you know we've all been there but i do think um it, it's a great victory for the people because um showtime cancelled ray donovan after seven i think it was seven seasons however however many seasons the we'll it, call it, it, seven. It, yeah it had got to and um all of the people watching it went no you haven't resolved anything yet, so you need you need to bring it back. And it was a great example of people power that uh, all these uh, petitions online. It was a, an example of people using online protests as a force for good. Um, and so uh, Showtime went. Actually, we might have screwed up here, and, and not screwed up to the extent that they'll give them a whole new season of Ray Donovan, but it's going to be a TV movie version of it, which I'm guessing is going to you know tie up all of the loose right. ends. But again. It's taken Ray Donovan seven seasons plus a TV movie to tie up all the loose ends. Queen Latifah's tying up every loose end within 60 minutes on The Equalizer. <laughs> I just want to say that. Well, right? you
1: got to add in commercials, too. She's only doing it in really like 44. 44 minutes is all she takes. And she's
0: sprinkling in a few little Street Hawk references just for me. Oh, God, I love it. Um, only fans. Uh, let's talk about The, um, the Woman's Kids who've been kicked out of Catholic school because she's got an OnlyFans account. That,
1: that's the only thing more embarrassing than when your mom drops you off at during carpool and yells, I love you, as you're walking in. Like, no one no one wants the hot mom. Now they have to deal with the hot mom whose titties are on the internet. It is the
0: 2021 version of Stacy's Mom. If <laughs> if Fountains of Wayne Guy didn't sadly die of coronavirus, uh, there could have been like Stacy's Mom Part Two, and this would have been the story. Oh, right? Stacy's mom would have for sure had an OnlyFans. <laughs> oh! Uh, hundred uh, percent this could in fact he probably could have done a whole concept album about this so she's been
1: earning a hundred fifty grand a month what? From her OnlyFans account. Oh, this podcast is done. I'm starting an <laughs> OnlyFans. If anyone wants my OnlyFans account, well, I'm assuming uh, she, she's called Crystal
0: Jackson. That's clearly her OnlyFans name, right? I don't think that's her, uh, that that's not the name she uses when she's saying "love you" to the kids. Dropping no, them off you don't at name school. your
1: kid Crystal unless you're guaranteeing they're into math.
0: But I keep on re- I keep on reading about these people that make a load of money um, from the OnlyFans accounts, and I, you bring up a good point as to whether you, with your uh, fat Walter Becker look, <laughs> could, could actually turn an OnlyFans account into a, a money-making thing. Because I'm guessing um, Crystal Jackson um, is, is uh, letting it all hang out and, and looking like a model on her OnlyFans account. But I keep on hearing about people that are making at least a decent amount of money from being on OnlyFans, and they're doing it by showing off their feet or uh, don't some people get off on people eating? I mean, that could be oh, a thing for you. Hell yeah. If, th- if you, Why don't you start OnlyFans account where you are literally, you've got bare feet on a table. So your feet are up on a coffee table with no shoes or socks on. And you're just gouging on hamburgers. Because I think that combination of barefoot plus overeating I mean, you talk about me getting jerked off by David Boreanaz <laughs> at, the, at the at his house party, which didn't happen. Right, everybody. Right. You could be uh, seriously, uh, you know. Yeah, I'm loose, all for loosening
1: it. up some people's uh, reserve of nature's preserves. I mean, I already have my cock out every single time I eat cheeseburgers. I might as well just get my feet involved. But I do wonder if you can make like not 150 a month, but you, could you make decent money? Oh, listen, from... you should see my paychecks. I'd be cool with like a hundred dollars a month. If anyone wants to see my penis, go to this website. I'll take the money. I've um,
0: I, I, I mentioned this on the podcast before. I know two people who have uh, made a decent amount of money from, from OnlyFans. Um, one is someone that I used to work with elsewhere in radio. Uh, she figured out radio has no future, so she started an OnlyFans account instead. And um, it's her and her boyfriend um, and they're lovely people. The only thing I would say is if ever you invite them to your house, all they're doing is scoping out new locations to fuck it. Because, <laughs> because apparently, I mean, I guess, I don't know, I, I guess like, I, I guess having an OnlyFans account is the same as having a successful Instagram or any form of social media in so much as if you want to get the followers and you want to become an influencer, the key is is constantly updating material, right? You've got to feed your audience, right? right. And I guess unless you're really catering for some specialist pawn, if you're doing OnlyFans, there's only so many t- ways that you can fuck and there's only so, right. right? So I guess it does sometimes become about where you're doing it. Because there was a house party, this is about two years ago that I was at, and um this ex-colleague of mine and porn star boyfriend showed up to the house party what a team all they were doing the entire time because it was it was a housewarming right all they were doing the entire time was eyeing up our mutual friend's spiral staircase in his kitchen (laughs) and they and they didn't say (laughs) we want to fuck on that right but it was clear it was it was clear because they were like going oh yeah 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 and, and what i noticed was at one point he started taking a load of pictures of her fully clothed but on various different steps of the spiral <laughs> at the like staircase. and i'm like and i said uh joe it was joe's house the house we my pie i said joe they're sizing up that staircase for some serious fucking <laughs> like that is what I like they and, and and he said to me i think this is what they do it goes because the, the key is this that is they, they've got to to keep the only fans fans happy they've got to find lots of different backdrops and i get and then there's probably a lot you could do with the spiral staircase because i swear i got to the party early right they walked in through the door and brought a couple of bottles of whatever but literally that she didn't go oh this is a nice house you've got the first words that left her mouth were oh, you've got a spiral staircase and you know what she was thinking <laughs> we gonna fuck
1: on them stairs literally <laughs> and
0: then and then he was just taking you know some profile shots right. so they could go back home afterwards and go like okay so imagine this if you were there and we were totally naked and i was giving you a blowjob was basically what they were what they were sizing up
1: see these are all things i could do to make money i have no shame i'm totally cool with this the only thing is, like, Guy OnlyFans accounts are always just like a little bit awkward because we're not like made to have like sexiness about us. So I have a friend who my college roommate, one of his close friends from growing up is a bodybuilder type attractive dude. And he decided he's going to start an OnlyFans account. And, you know, like that couple, you knew it was him and his girlfriend. Mm. So he sent me some videos because like they're like, oh, my God, here's this guy I've known since elementary school with his cock out. So I'm taking a look at the video. I'm like, oh my God, like, look at this girl. She's so hot. You know, I'm I'm feeling it. And then all of a sudden, like, the camera just pans down awkwardly to his dick. And like, (laughs) this may come as a shock to many of you, but generally i don't watch a lot of male driven porn i can't imagine that just like awkward cuts like here's my penis is not what everyone's looking right
0: for. right but 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 you find that more awkward whereas you think that you with your bare feet up on a coffee table eating a double double for the sake of uh, people that get off on bare feet and overeating on
1: OnlyFans is actually way more palatable in a way that you could make money yeah <laughs> i i mean like Again, like I could see his dick if I wanted to in the video before he panned to ride directly on it. Like, I just think I wouldn't just show you my belly or the burger. I put the whole thing in the thing and let you decide what you want. I, to look I, at I, I
0: will say this about uh, seeing someone's dick. I th- there's So my other friend who has done uh, quite well with OnlyFans um, he is a bartender. And obviously that's been very tough over the last year because of right. COVID and everything. But he's always been very into fitness. So he looks good. He's also covered in tattoos. So he's he's already any kind of model material because he's he's got a very strong look. So he started doing some OnlyFans stuff. And um yeah, he's a good looking guy. He is, He messaged me this week because uh, I know him from when I lived in um, in Arizona. But he is uh, visiting Texas this week. He's in San Antonio. And we did have plans to meet up. But because of my work schedule, I, I didn't have time to drive down to San Antonio to meet him. But he texted me yesterday, right? Because he told me that he's got this girl who he knows who, who lives in Dallas, right? And the, basically, he was going to meet up with some other friends in San Antonio, but part of the trip was he was probably going to hook up with her, right? Right. So she has driven from Dallas to San Antonio to spend a couple of days with him. And he texts me yesterday and he says to me, oh, you won't believe this. Not only did she come to uh, San Antonio to uh, hang out for a few days, after one day... She's already bought a plane ticket to fly to Phoenix in a couple of weeks to spend more time with me. Right. Oh, wow. So he's got this kind of animal magnetism thing going on where, and I don't know how he knows her originally, like they don't know one another well, but well enough that she would, I get driving from Dallas to San Antonio to go hang out with him and have some hot sex. But after (laughs) one night, she's so invested that she's bought a ticket to fly to Phoenix where he lives in a few weeks time to spend more time with him. But that's not the best story because he has a reputation for this. This is my buddy who a few years ago, went to shitsville he's big music fan because he wanted to go to the download festival which is like the big metal festival in the uk every year now i spent six months saying to him oh my god it's going to be the worst time ever you know he's used to living in phoenix where it's warm and sunny i said you're going to go to the uk in june it's going to piss down with rain you're going to be in two foot of mud it's going to be hell Right. right and um actually he went there and it was one year that they had sun so he was lucky but he's so great with the ladies that He spends, it's a three day festival, right? Three days at Download Festival, meets a British lady at Download, right? They get together at Download, and apparently he's so amazing that she bought a ticket for the next month to fly from the UK to Phoenix, Arizona to spend a week with him. Wow. Now, that going back to the fact that he's got an OnlyFans account and I've not watched it because we're friends and I don't want to see but when you hear that he's got that much of a way about him I think maybe I should see what's so great about his dick
1: I mean, like maybe
0: I should have a look you know what I mean screw
1: OnlyFans this guy needs to become a male gigolo like (laughs) what is he doing just taking pictures have sex for money I did say to that's the dream
0: I I did say to him that um, you know because he basically he knows how amused I was with the story about the download festival because come on that is where impressive i get you go to a festival you're an american the british girl finds you attractive and you get together but after three days she's so into you that she spends probably like a thousand dollars on a
1: ticket to to then a month later spend a week with you in phoenix this guy's clearly got skills. The only thing my penis has ever done is made girls move out of the country. He's bringing girls in. He's helping the immigration problem single-talkably.
0: <laughs> it, 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 uh, it is pretty impressive. So anyway, he was telling me, uh, I can't believe it's happened again. The girl from uh, Dallas has driven to San Antonio and now she's bought a plane ticket to fly from Texas to Phoenix. And I said, yeah, but have you told her about the UK experience? And he was like, yeah, you're right. She's got like four thousand extra miles of work to do in terms of in
1: terms of flying commitment i will say this i even though i do have this fat walter becker and or skinny leslie west look going for me i did one time convince a girl that i was a successful cam model and so i think let that guy take over the whoring game and i'll do the only thing and you know if we make a little money on the side so be it catch the next episode of this podcast on my only fans page that's how we're gonna make money you don't need a job anymore you don't need my Anne frank attic space i got you dog
0: we're gonna be making money some people have said to me that if you want to have a long-term successful podcast there needs to have a, a you know there needs to be a visual element to it and i always envisaged it was the sort of the joe rogan setup where there's a somewhat professional looking studio with a couple of cameras in no, it no, no. but now no we are talking about just one camera on you with nothing on your feet
1: up on my coffee table yeah stuffing a double double burger in your face i'm thinking just it's like tro- close up on my penis with a burger right next to it and then our lustrious voices <laughs> all right well i'll speak to my friend in uh, san antonio
0: at the moment who we can take as an OnlyFans expert and say look we're not definitely not coming for your
1: market right but as someone with insider knowledge on OnlyFans, do you think this has got legs like let us just try it out you know for a few weeks put our pot up next to your cock <laughs> right um we're more than done Uh, there was other stuff
0: i wanted to get to um our bad and again um i uh people have been writing in and i apologize we haven't got round to your messages i do keep them and we will get round to them um it just happened that talking about jeremy's penis took precedent on this uh, today's episode it always does um so uh yeah it's our new policy dick before listeners
1: um
0: new policy if you uh if you do want to send us a message i swear we do read them and we will get round to responding to them on the podcast did you is where you can go that is also where you can vote for song of the week you can also vote for song of the week if you go to my uh twitter page i'm at ian Canford on twitter there is a poll there um plus you can listen to old episodes And you can buy one of our Did You America t-shirts. How great are the Did You America t-shirts, Jeremy? They feel so good on your nipples. Didyouamerica.com is the place to go for all of that stuff. Did we America today? We always do.